0: The season is inching closer, and we're here to cover the buildup on Hot Tim Winter. This is Club and Country, the podcast of record for Nashville SE Covers, and the two people who've covered the club longer than anyone in their respective disciplines. It is a blustery evening as we record this, but the suns about to start shining on the season as preseason rolls along, Tim.
1: Yes, uh, I, I'll, I'll introduce us. Is that okay with you, Wes? Thank you. Yes, I forgot to do that. <laughs> you, are West, you are West Bowling, who has, who has covered the club. Uh, as a radio voice over the years, and I'm Tim Sullivan, the proprietor of ClubCountryUSA.com.
0: Yeah, it's been a day. Uh, it's it's <laughs> been a week. It's been a month. And uh, not just for us, but also for Nashville SC as they continue to maneuver their way toward the 2023 season and preseason now will start in. I don't know when people are listening to this on the 21st. I'm not going to do it <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, that, it's going to start this that. weekend on the 21st, first Preseason game and and Tim, it's it's, it's cliche to be to the whole like it's hard to believe that's here thing, but mm-hmm. it really kind of is hard to believe it's already here.
1: Yeah, it's wild because the way the MLS season plays out, there's not, not a very long off and then this specific off season, uh, there was something you may have heard of called the the FIFA Men's World Cup, uh, which which kind of made it seem like. Soccer never really stopped. Walker Zimmerman and Shaq Moore continued playing soccer in November, and that's something that um, is not going to be typical of of Nashville SC seasons. Uh, at least, certainly not a, a winter World Cup very often. But it is a situation where it does feel like this never really stopped. The soccer ball continued rolling, and um, you know, obviously, we we missed exactly one week in there. I think it might have been one of the first weeks we've missed since we started this podcast. So it really has just continued rolling on.
0: The preseason officially kicked off uh, training-wise for the club on January 9th in Tampa. Three phases of preseason, but it starts on the 21st for the game against IMG Academy. And they'll take on the U-20 U.S. Men's National Team on the 24th of January. On today's episode, we're going to set the stage for what we can expect in this preseason stretch, but most importantly and primarily, we're gonna to get to your mailbag questions. No typical format today, no early shout. Maybe there'll be a final whistle, whatever. It's gonna be a, a, a mailbag heavy episode. It's got some good questions from you that kind of form the heart of what we were gonna talk about anyway. And so before we talk about that, of course, we wanna talk about ML Rose, our wonderful, wonderful sponsor. And Tim, I had a a, a bourbon night with a buddy here a few nights ago. One of those were like, he lives five minutes away. sounds like your I, voice
1: is still struggling from it. It like. is a
0: little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, I am struggling. I took a nap today. I don't take many naps, uh, <laughs> but I took a nap today. And and I, I got a message from him later on the day, I, the next day. And he was like, look, are you having a hard time today? I'm having a hard time today. Yes, I am. And he told me, well, I fixed it a little bit because I went and got a smash burger at, at ML Rose. And that made me feel a little bit better. And I thought, this is great. I I know he lives in West Nashville and that's always been a go-to place for him anyway, but I'm going to chalk that down as a, a podcast referral. Uh, even yeah it,
1: absolutely man uh you know we've been putting out the good vibes and, and good words about ml Rose for so long that um you know anytime anybody goes and and they want to uh they want to let us know that they went and, and picked something up from ml Rose because of our recommendation or or if they thought of us when they went to ml Rose either way uh let us know and we'll we'll uh give you guys a shout out on social media and, and
0: occasionally give people a shout out on here too Well, and it was always a little bit frustrating. For for years, I would say, look, I love going and having a drink at a sports bar and a good burger and a good atmosphere, but I don't really have one of those near you're near my house. Like I, I can go find places in Nashville and elsewhere, but it's rare to find someone somewhere down the street. And then, I mean, it's been a few years now, but ML Rose being in West Nashville, when I moved to, to West Nashville, that location, I mean, it's almost walkable for me. It could be walkable if I needed it to be walkable. And uh, that, that is such a game changer to have something like that in your neighborhood. Where you're like, you know what? I'm not feeling it today. I've sobered up. Uh, I need something, <laughs> something greasy let me let me drive over let me get that burger and i know that's going to cure what ails me so it's good that not only that's been the case for many nashville sc fans before and after matches but but even uh, you know good friends who in this case isn't really much of a soccer guy it's it's good to see the <laughs> credibility that that place has Well, uh thanks for to emil rose for their their sponsorship of the show let's get now to your mailbag questions as we are approaching the end of hot tim winter but could there be more? Jared French, with only a few weeks before kickoff, what are your current roster, quote-unquote, hot takes? Who do you think could surprise fans, good or bad, or maybe there's a young player uh, most have written off to Huntsville that could make the cut for depth on the NSC roster? Tim, anybody that jumps out to you, or any hot takes that immediately come to your mind?
1: Yeah, there's a couple of, of players that have signed that I think everybody's just kind of assuming are going to go to to Huntsville. And I don't think at least one of them and and probably not either of them is, is going to have that happen. Uh, Tyler Freeman, the kid that, um, you know, played in USL the past couple of years before that, um, had a, had a cup of coffee in in major league soccer. He's had time with the U S youth national teams. This is a guy who um, has always been a really good talent, has never really been able to put it together at the professional level quite yet. I think most people assume that he is going to be down in Huntsville. Um, obviously the the way that players are going to be able to go back and forth if they're on the nashville sc senior roster if they're not going to make the game day squad they can play for huntsville that weekend uh the mls next pro roster rules are a little a little flexible it doesn't go the other way the the major league soccer rules are if they you're on an mls pro contract you can only come up in extreme hardship or for non-league games i think we will see some of those guys probably at least make benches uh for the leagues cup that is coming but I think Freeman is a guy who's going to play for Huntsville some, but I think the majority of his time is going to be on the game day squad or, or on the fringes of it at the very least for Nashville Soccer Club. The other one that's um, a, a little, maybe a bit more of a hot take, I guess, would be Kemi Amish, uh, I believe is how you say his name. I've I've tried to look and see how you say it, but a um, kid who... Kid, he's not even really a kid. He only played two years of college soccer, but he's 23 years old, I believe, is a guy who is a playmaker. He was a playmaker at the college level. He had uh, you know, a little bit of time in the uh, uh FC Lorient, uh Lorient, I guess, whatever. I don't speak French. Um, uh youth setups when when he was still in his native France. Um, obviously the confounding factor there is this is a guy who is French. He's he would have to take an international roster slot to play for Nashville Soccer Club, which is why. I think he's more of a guy who's who's probably, um, you know, leaning towards a season-long loan to Huntsville, but can come up for the League's Cup, but can come up for U.S. Open Cup games. Mm-hmm. Um, the, Hun- the Huntsville team is going to be composed of guys who who train in Nashville all week a, a lot of the time, um, you know, the, whether that's guys that Nashville SC is loaning down, whether that's guys... Who are coming up to Huntsville from the academy. Um, there are going to be guys, uh, you know, coming back and forth between those two cities, not very far away, uh, you know, from, from the northern part of Brentwood down to Huntsville. So th- there'll be some opportunities for guys who, who are based in Nashville to play for Huntsville. And that's something that, um, is going to happen. But I think some of those guys also are going to have a bigger role for Nashville SC than it seems
0: regarding your pronunciation of I think it's Lorient, but I will never judge uh, the English <laughs> speaker for just saying it like it like it would look in English Not I, I'm very particular
1: I'm very particular about like Spanish and even a little bit German though I don't speak a lick of German i'm I'm, I'm particular because they're like they're reasonable to me I, I have spoken Spanish for much of my life and and German is something that um seems like phonetic and it makes sense to me French I'm just Making it up as I go. <laughs> yeah. Criticize the French.
0: way I'm making it up as I go. Married a French Canadian, and I've learned it is more respectful to just say it in English than to try to say it in French. Well <laughs> we butchering so like we were in Rims, so and I'm getting saying it in English for, for for just a little visit to Champagne country. And I was like, "How do you say this in French?" And she pronounced it like. I don't think there were any consonants in it besides the first. <laughs> re, re. I was like, "We're going to call it Rams. That's what we're going to do." So, Lorient, it is. Um, I, I think for for my player to watch, I, I really like the the position battle potentially between Joey Skinner and, and maybe Taylor Washington for that mm-hmm. number two left back position. I, again, I I, you know, I will leave it to others like you on your website to scout hmm. Joey Skinner and what what he brings to the table. Uh, but I think that's an area where obviously we know what Taylor Washington adds. We we know who he has been for this club since quite literally day one of this club in USL. And at the same time, you could see Skinner as a potential heir apparent there at first, perhaps to a backup role and maybe eventually mm-hmm. to be Dan Lovitz if all goes well. And there's a lot to project on and you can't just say that, but Generation Adidas player, you know, a, a top you know 15 pick. Again, you you get these guys because they're projectable, not because they're impact players right away in most cases, but we've seen this club develop guys really quickly. And so I'll be very interested to see how he fits and whether he contributes sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah. And that's something we've talked about a number of times on this space is the fact that a guy is on a generation Adidas contract makes him more valuable to your roster because he doesn't count against the budget, but also because he doesn't count against the budget for a couple of years, you can take a guy along slowly but you're also invested in developing a guy so you don't have to take him along slowly and if he makes those strides early this season or you know as as you know as late as, as before the subsequent season before the 2024 season i think he's a guy that you will know whether or not he's a mainstay in this lineup or a guy that is going to have an, a nice cup of coffee in major league soccer and then move along i think you know obviously nashville sc drafted him because they lean more towards the jack mayer end of the spectrum in terms of their predictions this is a guy who's going to stick around for a long time
0: in terms of a roster hot take, here's mine. It kind of, I guess, mirrors a little bit what I said last week, which is that people are not people are sleeping on the wings on this team. I think we we see the moves of Fafa Picot and Schaffelberg, and hopefully the reemergence of, of Randall Leal. and think okay, that's going to be important to this team. I think most would acknowledge that. I think it's going to be everything for this team. I think it's going to be extraordinarily valuable especially if there's not a big move in you know central midfield and they really do have to rely on the flanks for so much of that speed and creation and if there's not a move up top for number nine which we discussed last week is probably not likely until the summer at least I I think that to me is is the hot take because those wings are gonna are gonna determine what this club does or doesn't do I also think they could mean that that as low of a possession number as Nashville SC had last year for a while, the aspiration was let's be more, you know, ambitious with the ball. Let's let's get more possession. I almost wonder if this is a move in that opposite direction of look, this is a counter-attacking team. We know that we're not a park the bus. National's not a park the bus team. You're gonna hear us fight that narrative all day long. But but there's a difference, right? Set traps in midfield counter. That's what I think this, what this team will be more of this year than than maybe a possession-oriented team. That that's my take on on what they're doing with the wings and the speed they've added there.
1: Yeah, and that's a good that's a good point that that kind of could dovetail with another way that they want to play, which is playing more on the counter press. They did a bit of that last year. They did not have the legs to do it um, towards the end of the year and went back to sort of um, a little bit more of that attacking ideal. Um, they, they occasionally would throw out that counter press a little bit and, and confuse opponents. But when you have, you know. Fafa is not a super young guy, but he's still a very fast guy. He's still a guy with a huge motor. And you have a ton more depth out there, too. You can, um, you know, you can run Fafa Pico into the ground on a Wednesday because you don't need him to play on the subsequent Saturday necessarily. Mm-hmm. He can wait and, and not have to play again for a week and a half. The the additional depth, even if it's not necessarily all upgrades talent-wise, is gonna allow Nashville SC to play in ways that it might surprise more of the national people than people who are based in Nashville, but it's something that I think it, it's it is going to surprise some of those people uh, on a national scale for sure.
0: And you've kicked Alex Wheel out of position where he has to be your regular starter, but we all know what he can add, the consistency mm-hmm. he can provide coming in and rotating. Hawkinson as well at moments. Um, I made a almost made a joke when you know Hawkinson, the tight end for the Vikings, caught the mm-hmm. ball beneath the sticks in the playoffs. Hey, late game heroics, you want Hawkinson and not Hawkinson.
1: <laughs> uh, you, that actually raises a good point for me in terms of the wing depth. Uh, when you bring up Alex Mwil, could he be almost a backup to Hani Mukhtar. Obviously, they are going to play in a very, very, very different way. Mm-hmm. But being kind of that that press first to number ten is something yeah. that fits his skill set. He could be, uh, you know, a poor man's Brendan Aaronson, for example, in in a, in a different scheme. This is not going to be a press all the time sort of team. Whether when he was at Red Bull, whether you know when Aaronson was at Philly or or currently in Leeds, but. That sort of player who plays as what you would typically expect to be a, a true creative role, but playing it in a really um, high energy defensive way could be an, an interesting use from Wheel as well. And he's done it a tiny bit for Nashville in the past. Yeah, but Now yeah. that you have so much more wing depth, it could really kind of take that role to another level.
0: He's the kind of guy you want to keep around as long as his legs will, will stay fresh, because he can mm-hmm. do that, and he has done that as you as you mentioned. He can also play, of course, on the wing, and and even as he as he did early last season at that fullback spot, right back side, if you needed to yeah i think that's a great shot, and, and absolutely he could do that and and he's a particular value that are coming in the 75th minute of a game nashville's leading one nothing or two i would games. be
1: so mad if, if i were playing against a team and all of a sudden this complete pestering number 10 came on i'd be like whatever i'm just walking off the field Come on.
0: well that was so funny when we talked to him we said what are your red bulls teammates you know what advantage do they have in that they know your games before nashville's playing red bulls mm-hmm. he's like they don't have an advantage because what they know about my game is, I'm just going to run relentlessly. Like, yeah, not yeah. there's room. not really anything
1: that you can do mentally yeah. to. If be anything, like, oh, yeah, so fills we can overcome more... a guy who's running a lot. Well, yeah, it just fills him with more yeah. dread, right? Yeah, and,
0: and that's yeah. a guy we hadn't talked about once this off season, I don't think, but maybe that's an example of how Nashville's getting better and getting deeper. That we're not talking about somebody like that, John Malden, asking if maybe there's more depth to come. Is hot, Tim. Winter done. Yes, or do you think there'll be at least one or maybe more signings or departures before the season kicks off? Will Mike Jacobs see his shadow and give us more hot Tim winter time? Tim, there's room for something to happen.
1: here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I uh, I went back and looked at what Nashville's first uh, few off seasons immediately before the season began looked like. Obviously, everybody by now is, is well aware of Walker Zimmerman signing just a couple weeks before the in- inaugural season began. But I looked in in the past couple of years as well. There have been changes. They have not been um, necessarily quite as significant. Um, Nashville SC picked up uh, Dylan Nealis before the 2021 season. Um, he did not stay with the club longer than one year. Nashville um, traded him to play with his brother Sean at their hometown club in New York Red Bulls. And then um, last offseason, it was one of those big outgoing ones. John said, "You said incoming or outgoing, John." So this is your fault that last year Daniel Rios got traded to Charlotte um, shortly before the season began as well. Um, we are we are more than a month away from the first game at this point still. I don't think that Mike Jacobs is acquiring general allocation money for nothing. We've obviously mentioned uh, many times that, that one of the (laughs) reasons it's being acquired is to, is to make sure you are properly funding the current roster, paying guys their, their bonuses for, for the achievements that they were able to get last year, their performance bonuses. Um, You know, if you have a good team, that's not a championship team. You, you still have to give guys their performance bonuses and, and you can kind of walk a fine line there getting GAM to to fill that gap is always helpful. Um, What I don't think we're likely to see uh, for reasons that I I very briefly mentioned a moment ago um, in the previous answer is that I don't think we're going to see a major international signing, Mm -hmm. um, a guy coming from outside the league. I think if you, even if you can trade for an international guy um, and trade, you know, uh, uh, an amount of gam that also comes with a, a an international slot coming back, or if or if Nashville doesn't need an international slot, um, that which I I believe uh, Amish would be the only one to require one at this point. Um, so that's a situation where with Ake Loba gone, with Rodrigo Pinheiro gone, even one international slot um, is is surplus to requirements <laughs> for Nashville right now. So they could acquire a guy from within the league with allocation money that would take an international slot, but. I, I do think a major acquisition, if one comes would come from within the league mm-hmm. um, and and we'll be asked about a couple options in a second. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave a little of our powder dry here, but it is something that I, I think is a possibility. And I, I think it's also a possibility that you would see a major outgoing player, um, you're, you're not going to sell Walker Zimmerman. You're not going to sell Dax McCarty at this stage in preseason. Um, But um, we've seen Dave Romney. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. extensively about him last week. He's a guy that we were surprised to see go. We were sad to see go because we think he's a, a good player. And he's also somebody who asked me what his expected goals were in, in a press conference after a game one time. Um, So, so, you know, nobody is, is kind of beyond um, being, you know, a, a permanent fixture in this club,
0: but, the stars are not going anywhere. So, oh, I could take it this a couple directions right now. In a minute, <laughs> we'll ask about these couple names that, that Caroline sent us. But first, I, I think the one area where where I would expect to see some sort of move, even if it's not a starting player, is again in central midfield. We've talked about the need for depth there, and you know, maybe maybe they're content to go with a guy that again we know well, but probably has a ceiling in a in a Brian Anunga as you know mm-hmm. a guy off the bench. Uh, with McCarty, Godoy, and Davis, of course, forming your three starters. But you know, three starting caliber guys who are going to start regularly when healthy. But again, do the legs allow that in Dax's case? It's a lighter international year for, for Godoy, but still going to be a demanding one. Davis, put him in Sharpie, as long as he's healthy, um, and, and traditionally he is. But I, I think seeing some sort of central midfield signing would be something I could expect, but at a way less than a million dollars in game trade yeah. value. I mean, that's the kind of player you can find real value for inside the league and doesn't have to be in tomorrow to still come in and, and be a good member of this team. Yeah,
1: I, th- I think essential midfield, there's such a, a fine needle point to thread though, because you need to get a guy who is starter caliber, mm-hmm. but accepts that he's not going to be an every match starter because you have a three man rotation already. Um, and, and, Possibly a four man rotation, depending on how you consider Anunga. I think next to uh, most, most of the other central midfielders that Nashville has, he's obviously going to be your more defensive one, but I don't think he's an attacking liability necessarily. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is going to, it is going to limit what you have going forward from both your central midfielders so you need to find a guy that is of a caliber that demands more playing time than nashville has available it's it's like a weird situation where the puzzle pieces need to fit precisely um eric williamson unfortunately i I believe re-signed with portland he was (laughs) that we were talking about as a perfect fit um not too long ago but um yeah it's going to be really tough to find a guy who is a clear upgrade, but is willing to accept that yeah. he's not going to start, um, you know, 34 games over the course of the year.
0: Yeah, unless that player is 33 years old, which then compounds your problem of, you know, yeah. salary, yeah. but then Dax and Anevald's while you're supplementing them. You or- get a
1: group discount on AARP magazine. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: right. Or, or, or 23 years old, where a club's not going <laughs> to want to part with somebody who's projectable, yeah. you know, without a high price. The natural- yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, so maybe that is something that I'll think about shelving, but still think it should be a priority if you can find that. Right. No, and It is,
1: it is from a needs perspective, it makes a ton of sense. It's just a matter of what realistically you can fill that need with and, and how you can keep a guy happy. That's why I, I thought it was kind of weird that Nashville didn't keep Cozy Nasiano around one more year to see how he developed in that role because he was starting to really emerge as a really good USL player out on loan over the past couple of years. But um, you know, the reality is when a guy's like 24, 25 years old, um, you kind of move on. If you don't feel Mm -hmm. like he's going to be starter caliber right away. And that I guess underscores how difficult it is to thread that needle in the first place.
0: And that goes back to the SKC philosophy, you know, in supporting Kansas city with their, you know, SKC two players or Swope park at the time that Mike Jacobs was there. That was kind of their demo, right? Hey, Mm -hmm. good player, nothing wrong with him, but is he going to ever start for us? And for a guy like Carlton Belmar, Libo Malodo, uh, Liam Doyle. The answer, the answer was no. And Nashville S benefited in all three cases and is still benefiting from, from Liam Doyle. So let's let's talk about that other big need, uh bearing bearing the lead, at least not news-wise, but discussion-wise of what everybody's talking about. And that is up top Caroline Chicho Casper Shabilko. Uh we, we've we've heard reporting that MLS clubs may be interested in, in Arango, but it would have to be probably a club record trade. Mm-hmm. Does that fit inside a window of even possibility for Nashville SC to pursue? And if you think they might be interested in pursuing it, would he be a fit in gold?
1: Yeah, I like I like Arango's game and I really like him as a fit for what Nashville SC provides. Um, He he reminds me, this is not like breaking news here, but he kind of reminds me of a, a poor man's Joseph Martinez, kind of a smaller but pure striker. Um, who's, who's going to get the goals that are created around him. When you have Honey Mukhtar, you can find success with that. When you have, um, what we have expected to be and what you just mentioned a couple answers ago, um, really good wingers who are going to be good, not just with service, but with shooting, um, because he's a guy who can, who can, you know, stand around the box and get the rebounds when those shots are saved. He's a guy who's, who's fit in Nashville is really good. I think that Nashville would be very willing to bid for him. Do I think that they would be very willing to outbid the uh, the other teams that are going to be coming for him if he does part with LAFC? Uh, they'll probably have more general allocation money to send than anybody else. But we've also seen that they don't have a ton of interest in in running that well all the way dry either. Um, I would love to see it personally. I think he's a really excellent player. He's somebody that makes a lot of sense um, for basically any system um, for the reasons that I just mentioned. (laughs) He has a pretty well-rounded pure striker skill set, unless you're just lobbing in crosses from the touchline. um, The one thing that he doesn't really do, and that's one thing that that despite size, Joseph has always done really well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think he would fit. I don't think it's realistic. I'm extremely willing to be proven wrong. Uh, Mike Jacobs, you can you can send me a message because I know you're you're going to listen and you're going to make fun of me when you ultimately do to sign Chicho Aronco.
0: <laughs> I love the fit for Nashville and have all the concerns that you have in terms of financial feasibility. I will say this: his salary last year came in at around six forty-six k. So you're not actually having to spend a huge bulk of game to buy him
1: down. Yeah, so it's get not the. It's the not acquisition the,
0: cost. That part. It's the it's acquisition, acquisition costs. Cost, yeah. Right. But just for those who had that question about the other side of things, the salary yeah. part, that would be manageable. Uh, the acquisition cost would be uh, prohibitive for most. And, uh, and, and in case anybody's next question is, well, exactly how much GAM does Nashville SC have? Ah, if only things were that transparent. However, Tim did a great job last season kind of estimating at that snapshot in time. Uh, what Nashville had based I really
1: should be updating that
0: (laughs) it's but it's so I mean it's a Herculean task and you did it once and it was great but uh, that's the best estimate we can give you so even just how it's how it's calculated, obviously knowing it's fluctuated some as guys have gotten new contracts and raises and um, and obviously trades have happened and international slots have been acquired. Uh, but in terms of Kasper Shabilko, this is a guy who's been really productive for Philadelphia, most recently, of course, was in um, Chicago. Is he an option perhaps for trade for a Chicago Fire team that's seen a whole lot of, of change in their coffers and in and, and their personnel?
1: Yeah, it's interesting to see because they seem to be really... Uh, willing to part with with the pieces from last year's team, and that makes a lot of sense. When you're terrible at soccer, you, you are not quite as married to what uh, product you put on the on the field. When they sold uh, John Duran, the Colombian international, or are in the process of selling him to Aston Villa, so they're they're going to make a huge profit on him while they they got a, a decent amount of production out of him, but it didn't turn into a ton of results. I think is a guy who who makes some sense in that regard. Um, he's about twice as twice as well compensated as as Arango has been, I think, um, regardless of of what striker Nashville SC gets. If they get him from within the league, they're going to be renegotiating a contract, probably. Um so it, you know, it'll be more years for a little bit less money per year in all likelihood, um, whoever it is. I think Shabilko makes a lot of sense as a, as, as kind of the, the, what Arongo is not, as I just mentioned, a guy who's going to be able to stand there and, and take care of service in the box. He can be a bit more of a hold up guy who's, who's just, you know, kind of big and stout enough to, to get the ball to teammates around him, to head the ball onto the net himself. He's a guy who has a bit more physical intimidation factor. He has a little bit less skill intimidation factor, probably than Arango, but he's a guy who fits, but, um, I think salary-wise, he makes a bit less sense. He made uh, $1.2 million about last year. That's well within the TAM range, and, and we expect Nashville to have TAM left to burn. But it is a situation where you don't have to pay a whole lot to acquire him, but you do have to pay him a lot more. And it really depends on whether Nashville values that one time, uh, gam, uh, outflow, or, or, if they want to, um, you know, spend a little bit less and, 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 but have kind of a recurring cost in terms of salary, in terms of what should would be able to, to command salary wise. It is, um, you know, he's not going to play for free. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. So it is a situation where, where the, the sunk costs versus the, the, uh, the variable costs over time are, are, a calculus that I don't envy for, for Nashville's front office. <laughs>
0: Five goals, one assist for Shibulko. I think it's algebra. Year.
1: Actually, was, that, was, that was a little joke that I was making. There. I, I totally missed
0: <laughs> it. Sorry my fault <laughs> five goals no. one assist for Casper last year in uh, limited action 18 starts 25 uh, total mm-hmm. games played in Chicago again a fire team that that was not at its best and is typically not at its best which means I guess maybe it is at its best it's just it's best is not yeah, it, it's its best it's just much lower than historical <laughs> value there you go and that 1.2 million salary you'd want more than five goals and one assist of production mm-hmm. certainly out of that position if you're if you're outlaying that level of Tam plus the acquisition cost Finn Breeland uh, taking us um off the pitch or at least outside the 90 minutes is 2023 the year we go back to playing never give up on you before and after the game it's clear that our quality suffered without the team's most important pre-game ritual Finn, with a bit of uh of sarcasm there of course and humor there but he says also i feel like new fans need the pre-game education to stick around for the end good question Finn. and just a recap for those first couple years nashville played it both before and after matches, but it wasn't right before when the team was walking out. It was a a few minutes before that kind of a chance to signal everybody, all right, get in your seats in time for, for the club anthem and then get things rolling. I I actually really thought that the choice last year of playing um, Johnny Cash instead, the, at the beginning, Mm -hmm. you know, sooner or later, God's going to cut you down. First of all, great theme, makes you feel uniquely Nashville. It's exactly the kind of message you want to send to your opponent as you're walking out. Uh, And, you know, I I just I kind of like it better. It's it's a little more, more <laughs> uniquely Nashville to me um, to have the, the Johnny Cash deal there. I've been urging the the roadies and the other supporters groups now. I guess the full back line since day one of USL work Johnny Cash in some of these chants, and uh, Nashville SC has done that. And it's also a nod to, to the USL days when that was the song that was played. And then you have "Never Give Up on You" at the end, as I think it always should be. It's 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 an anthem that's become intertwined with the traditions of the club. Uh, but I like the idea of going organic nashville early on and then Mm -hmm. you know this this kind of club created thing that has become special for many at the end
1: yeah i'm gonna be honest the the windows in the press box of the new stadium don't open so i haven't like paid quite as much attention to the the musical program in in the stadium um so i didn't even realize that they weren't playing it i i obviously noticed god's going to cut you down but i didn't notice that they weren't playing it um I, I I could take her take or leave the the exact run of show. It obviously has to play at the end, but it, I'm, I, it doesn't bother me to not be played at the beginning. Quite honestly, uh, Finn might be onto a point though with the with the good luck factor in terms of uh, Nashville's home home form <laughs> in twenty twenty two might have suffered from not having that uh, that emotional
0: boost. Gary Smith, not one probably to care too much about music, is also, though, a very superstitious uh, man. So if we told him, then he might be uh, knocking on the doors <laughs> and saying, hey, game, ad- game administration staff, here's what we need to do. Game day production staff, I should say. A couple more questions. Um, Clay, what should we expect from the preseason games? Will the team win them all? I mean, the records are good, right? Like. Only lost one of the, I believe it was, nine MLS preseason matches in club history, which surely is uh, not just some random thing that's subject (laughs) to luck and roster rotation, Tim. Of course not.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, the biggest thing to keep in mind is that the club goes out for these matches, not even necessarily trying to win them. They're trying to focus on on some of the rotations that they want to work on. They're trying to focus on some of the uh, personnel that they want to get up to speed or evaluate to see if they will be ready. You know, When you um, talk about a guy like Joey Skinner, they're going to want to know when the season begins in earnest, if he's going to be ready to play at this level physically, tactically, mentally, all of those things you learn that by putting them in hard situations during a game and, and and that game um, fortunately doesn't count (laughs) in the, in the preseason. So, so there's no real cost to it, but that also doesn't is not what you would do if you're going out to try to win a game with a rookie on the field. So you do try different things. Um, Obviously you don't even play, you know, two 45 minute halves. Most of the time you play three 45 minute halves or three 30 minute halves, uh, halves, I guess. Um, So, so they, they mix up the format as well. So, It really is, um, you know, when you look at like NFL preseason games, they are, they are games. They are just football games that you're, you're seeing guys that you won't normally see for soccer. It really is more like a, like a completely meaningless friendly. These are not really streamed. I remember going back to the first year, um, it, it was literally a guy uh the the spokesman for cf montreal streaming it on or facetiming us on his iphone so we could watch it it was not available <laughs> to the public but but yeah. the Nashville SC uh reporters got to watch it that's literally how it was so um that gives you an idea of the seriousness of these i do wish there was a chance to watch some of them on um, both for us and for the fan uh the general fan base but um i understand why there's not because they don't want to give people wrong impressions when they're not going out trying to win a game it's not it's it's not an exhibition match it's a, it's a friendly match you know so there's a a slight difference in in definitions there
0: yeah i'd almost call it a scrimmage and then a scrimmage mm-hmm. is not really necessarily a soccer word but it gives you a better picture especially early on I, I attended one of these behind closed doors now a few years ago um and it was it was the 330 minute sessions and first 30 mm-hmm. it was best on best um but then after that it devolved quickly into who's that trialist and who's that guy (laughs) and 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 to take anything from those results would be definitely a fool's errand but but certainly the individual observations a lot like nfl preseason you know can this guy contribute is this somebody that's going to make it into the third running back spot you know what do these new guys have to offer i think that is absolutely the way that we should read these and um get yeah, to that point I, I understand also why they are closed because some of those observations yeah. you don't want other other clubs to have and you don't want to and you
1: don't want to give false impressions right uh, even to fans or to or to observers you know Without any sort of worry about nefar- how they'll nefariously <laughs> use that, it's just yeah. you don't want to set wrong expectations when a guy goes out and and scores a hat trick because he was playing against you know high
0: school trialists or whatever too. So expect depth players to get their opportunity, and those you know starters like projected starters to work their way in, and you'll see it maybe a full strength eleven for one. Friendly. And then the next one's going to be, yeah, those guys are going to play the final 30 minutes of the game and you're going to have, you know, a a Huntsville roster um, starting and, and you'll see those alternate. Doesn't mean they're not taking one more seriously than the other, whatever. It's just that that's how they do it to preserve legs and give guys opportunities. Last question from bootleggers bootleggers appropriately asking why is beer $16?
1: Uh, I I wish I knew the answers because of the the costs of production of beer and the and the profit margins sought by the by the uh by the vendors of said beer who happen to own the stadium and the soccer team for the most part or they they operate the, the vendors um does Nashville Soccer Holding so uh, you know you're a captive audience inside the stadium and they can charge you uh at a price point that they believe you will pay but will make them a lot of money is is the honest answer there and and
0: yeah, yeah, they think they can get away with it a little bit because ticket prices are comparatively lower. Mm-hmm. I mean, ticket prices are it's, it's, it's kind of
1: the reverse Atlanta, which yeah, is which has totally. very expensive tickets but very cheap uh, concessions. Yeah, it's up. To, it's up in the eye of the beholder how you how you value those. Two.
0: I value it. The, I'd rather have it this way, because then, of course, to close out our show, you can go to ML Rose before and after games. Still get a beer at the game. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> do whatever. But at ML Rose, you can get many, many beers for sixteen dollars. And so pregame there, post-game there, have your food there. And that way you're having your uh, burger and drinking, too. Having your cake and eating it too is what I was going for there (laughs) Uh, because you get in at a cheaper price, but you're also paying reasonable money for high, high quality and possession quality at, at Jonas Park, by the way, really good. I like it. So have an empanada, do whatever. We're not telling you don't to do not to do those things at the game, but save, save room for the yeah. best of the best. And,
1: town. and you have, and you can have your 14 minute and 20 second walk to, to MROs to, to, <laughs> to, to, to walk off some of those calories before you he go, actually uh, did time it guys. This is not, yeah. he
0: actually did time this, this walk.
1: I wa- I walked in and put my watch in front of Wes's face. <laughs> it, was, it was experimentally right. derived. We're
0: about to get out of here, Tim. Any final thoughts?
1: Uh, no, I, we are recording. Uh, most of you are probably not listening, but we are recording on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So I would like to uh, uh, remind everyone to to live in the spirit of Dr. King and and maybe do a little bit more in depth thinking about what he stood for, rather than kind of I'm um, thinking of of a fun soundbite. Um, something that's obviously very important to us to to think to uh, go through life thoughtfully. So uh, I would encourage everyone to do that.
0: The change that we wish to see and that he wished to embody and did embody in his life. I like that. I like that a lot. Everybody, have a great rest of your week. We're going to circle back and, and preview preseason and coming episodes. And of course, we'll be available. You can follow Tim and I both on Twitter and visit clubcountryusa.com for in depth coverage of the Boys in Gold. Thanks to Moon Taxi for the music, ML Rose for the sponsorship, 440 Sports for the microphones. And we will talk to you soon.